If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. ESPN 690 and Action Sports Jacks presents Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau. We're going to have to show a little more patience than the year two pom-pom people. Casey Kurtz. Yo! Oh, what are we doing, bro? Come on! And Aaron Schachter. I'm, I'm all in favor of these two showing their love, really celebrating their relationship. This is Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau, Kiki Kurtz, and Aaron Schachter on Jacksonville's home for ESPN Radio, ESPN 690. What's happening? Football at five. We had Tony Khan on earlier in the show. We had Vince Papali on early in the show. We have Ducky Betts coming on at 530. We are loaded up. Come on. By the way, we're going to be loaded up probably for the next week or so, trying to get a lot of Florida, Georgia players, former players, those kind of things uh, heading into next week. We'll be in RV City with the RV. <laughs> Wednesday, Thursday, probably Friday, do the show from there. I might do the show from our Game of the Week at Bishop Kenny instead. Still working on some of those logistical plans. Got a lot going on next week. So if I'm cranky, it's because we got a lot going on. Nah, I like it. I won't be cranky. Casey gets cranky easily. What you can I get do? a little cranky. Don't don't sugarcoat it. You can get a lot of it cranky. No, you can get a lot. I was oh, looking me? at you. Oh, I'm the crankiest. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't realize I was looking at no, him. I, I did not. <laughs> was he looking at Casey deny? But I'm sitting here owning it is what I'm saying. I love when like once in a while, like it, it's probably not even crankiness, but I guess it could be that Casey would be like, what's up with you today? To me. Oh, to you. Yeah. Like, once in a while. You ever like, get the feeling he gets a kick out of whenever oh, anyone else it. is in a oh, bad yeah. mood? Yeah, He's yeah, like, yeah, what's going on? But yeah. tell me all about it. <laughs> that big smile. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> <laughs> you know who's never cranky? Jordan DeLuco. Oh. Joins us from Generation Jaguar, GenJag.com. GenJag on the YouTube channel. What's happening, Jordan DeLugo? Jag's going to get a win. I've guaranteed it. Do you believe me? Do I believe you? Guaranteeing a win on a Wednesday? I did that Thursday Monday morning. morning. Now, now, if it was a Tuesday, you'd be all about it. Uh, I did it Monday morning, yeah, to be honest. And, and I've done you it know, every day since. Who is, uh, I love it. I love it. But I need to see who's playing in this game for both sides before I make my prediction uh, on the final outcome. But, yeah, I'm glad that I have uh, not not been perceived to be too cranky coming on the show here. I appreciate <laughs> you get it. called out. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> you, were, you weren't cranky last week when you had a beer in your hand at uh, Spring Sports Brewery. That's right. <laughs> That's for sure. Jordan, who are you, who are you thinking may uh, shift the weight of the game to see who's playing and who's not? Well, Foley, Fatu, Kasi, obviously. Mostly, Jack yeah. Moore's biggest interior run stuffer. The Giants, they have a running back, Saquon Barkley. You Ooh. may have heard of him. Huh? Um the Jaguars haven't beaten an NFC team since Saquon Barkley's first career game. Wow. It's happened to be Josh Allen's first career game uh, back in 2018. Yeah. Wow. That's when it was. So, yeah, I think. Look about the streaky. Foley, this, this team has more streaks yeah, than any other team I've ever seen. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, here this is a good uh, transition to today's injury report for the Jags. I always think Thursday's a big teller. In all this. Now, not all the time, because we've seen guys pop up on the Friday one, which is really odd yeah. that that happens. Um, 
and Jamal Agnew did not practice again. Uh-oh. I think that's a key indicator that he, he ain't going this week. Yeah. Right? Uh, with the knee. Foley Fadakasi, uh, limited. He's been limited. He's back on the field. I think you get the vibe that he's going to be back in there, but they're also going to be careful. They don't want to rush these guys back in. Devon Hamilton, he was on with a limited uh, limited fashion last week, too, and ended up playing. I think he'll go. Marvin Jones been limited yesterday and today. Uh I would assume he'll be back in, but the hammies are interesting. Saturday, you can go through a walkthrough, and the hammy doesn't feel good. Shaq Griffin did not practice both days. Shaq Griffin with the back injury is going to – I got to believe he's going to be out of this game. And then Aluokin with the calf, he's been limited the last couple of days, but he was last week too, and he ended up playing. So uh, I guess we're just taking kind of guesses here, Jordan. Uh, But I think Fadakasi plays. I think Agnew's out. I think Shaq Griffin's out. And I think probably the rest of these guys end up playing. What do you think? Yeah, I'd agree with you. I think it's trending in that direction based on what you're hearing out of the building and and obviously the practice statuses. But, uh, yeah, if you can get Foley, I think that's a huge get. Um, I, You know, no one wants to talk about it, but Shaquille Griffin is the Jaguar starting outside corner opposite Tyson Campbell. I know he had a horrific game last week. We all witnessed it. Everybody knows it. But... Um, He's still a starting outside corner in the NFL for a reason. He's played a lot of years as a starter in this league. If he can't play, you ship Darius Williams outside where he's played most of his career, uh, put Trey Herndon there in the middle at nickel. I think that's what I would try to do, but who knows what they're looking at trying to do here um, at this point. Uh, That could be a big deal. Now, the Giants, they're down a lot of their receivers, right? Kadarius Toney hasn't been playing. Um, Kenny Galladay hasn't been playing. Yeah, both of practice again playing. today, by the way. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, it, at least if the Jaguars are down one of their top corners, you're not going against uh, Michael Pittman and Alec Pierce this week, it doesn't look like. Just say so we'll You're not going against professional-level receivers. <laughs> oh, I would never say that. Wandale Robinson, very talented. Sure. And, and obviously Darius Slayton's pretty good, too, but... Uh, but the, yeah. the point is not lost on me is the fact that this team is going to beat you with Saquon and not much else. It's Whether it's Saquon, Saquon in the pass stuff. or Saquon in the run, they're going to beat you with Saquon. Yeah, he's their leading receiver in terms of receptions. He's obviously their leading rusher. The Giants have run the ball more than they've thrown the ball this year. You don't see that often. No, that's not true. Especially when you have guys like Andrew Thomas and uh, Evan Neal on the line playing so well right now. Well, there's, a, there's another thing that doesn't make sense. We were just talking about this earlier. I want to get back to Fadakasi in a moment, too. Uh, but the Jaguars, or the Giants, give up 5.6 yards per carry, Jordan. 5.6 yards per carry. It's worse than the NFL. It's like the third most yards they've given up in the NFL rushing. Uh, they don't turn people over in terms of interceptions. They do in terms of fumbles. And But then there's this... Enigma that the Jags ran for 243 and lost last week. The Saints ran for over 200. The Ravens ran for over 200. And they all lost last week running for over 200 yards, which I got to believe. Like somebody's sports bureau has to go check out. Like if three teams lost in the same week of the NFL season when they've run for over 200 yards, it seems so unlikely in the history of the game. So, I mean, it's just some bizarre stuff happening this NFL season, and especially when it involves the Jacksonville Jaguars. Some of this stuff just doesn't make sense. Yeah, and some of the stuff with the Giants also doesn't make sense on the reverse side. You talked about the 200-yard game. The Ravens' 200-yard game was against the Giants, and the Giants won that football game. Uh, So, yeah, it's pretty incredible just the dichotomy between these two teams, how one team has been 
unbelievable in the fourth quarter. Multiple fourth quarter comebacks, multiple double-digit comebacks. And the other team, uh, the Jaguars, they have been not so great in the fourth quarter, right? They've had multiple leads in the fourth quarter, multiple big leads throughout games, and they haven't been able to close them out too often. Obviously, in week two and three, they did get the job done. But other than that, they haven't been able to. And you look at all the stats and points towards the Jaguars being better. They're favored at home. You know, it's, it's crazy, but the Giants are a team that when it counts in the fourth quarter are executing, and the Jaguars are not. Yeah, just a couple of plays away, and, and the Giants are making more of those plays. And as I've said all week, Jags are seemingly making losing plays instead of neutral plays. Neutral plays would probably help. Jordan DeLugo with us here on Brighton Friends on ESPN 690, football at 5. All right, back to Fadakasi because this is something we kind of uncovered yesterday in our conversation, and it also sounds like just outrageous. But Fadakasi might be more critical to the defense than we know. Ever since he went out, the Eagles ran for over 200 yards starting in that second quarter. The Jags have not had a turnover on defense since he got hurt. They had nine turnovers in the first 13 quarters with him healthy. I mean, I didn't think Fadakasi would be this big a deal, but it's either super coincidence or he is that big of a deal, Jordan. I think he's a big deal. I don't know if he's that big of a deal in terms of if he plays, the Jaguars win. If he doesn't play, the Jaguars lose, which I don't know. You could say coincidentally. You could say not coincidentally. That is how it's gone this year. When he's played the full game, the Jaguars have won. Um, But – I think when you look at it, the way he plays on the interior, he has so much strength and physicality, brute force. I just don't think you quite have that when he's not out there. I think you have guys that can play. You know, Roy Robertson Harris can play, Devon can play, Corey Peters can play on the interior. But Foley brings it to another level, not just against the run, but also as a pocket pusher, and he makes it easier for Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker to have a good time out there as well. Jordan DeLugo with us here on ESPN 690. Are the Jaguars just going to run the ball in this game? I mean, they just ran it really well. They like what they're doing. You have to be a little bit sensitive to the pressure of the Giants uh, up front and maybe even Trevor Lawrence making mistakes against some of that pressure. And I just told you about the 5.6 yards per carry, but we also know in the back of my mind as I'm asking this question, hey, Brent, Doug Peterson doesn't really want to do that. He's aggressive. He wants He's to never go. done it this he, whole year. But he has, though. See, that's the thing. I think there's this, like, crazy narrative around him not running the football. He ran the ball 30 times against the Colts. They ran the ball, I think, halfway decent amount of times against the Chargers. But the game was it, over against the Colts at halftime. Well, You're talking about the first game of the second No, game. but they stuck this past with it. week they yeah. ran against the Colts. They, they ran against the Colts. No, but even the first week, they, the first game, they ran against the Colts. They didn't have success, but they ran it 30 times against the Colts. He stuck with A it. A lot of that was after the big lead. But this past week, they did run the ball in neutral, in, in neutral game script early on. They did. There was a more focused effort on it. Travis Etienne looked great. I think Doug Peterson's got to go back to the well against the team. You said they're allowing 5.6 yards per carry. That's the same thing Travis Etienne is averaging. Crazy. James Robinson's having a good year. To your, you original, after it. To your original point, Brent, you're not talking about a neutral game script. You're talking about overall. Do they just need to run and run and run against this team that is prone to getting gashed? Yeah, and listen, it was a weird deal last week, right? I mean, you looked up and Matt Ryan had 40 attempts and, mm-hmm. and uh, Trevor Lawrence had 10 throwing the ball. That's crazy. But you obviously looked at the numbers, you know, like they were averaging at one time 
like in the second quarter, 15 yards a run, and then 12 yards a run, then 10 yards a run. They ended up for the game averaging seven yards a run. Who the hell does that in the NFL? Like, this isn't Oklahoma against SMU, Yeah, you know? I mean, that's <laughs> is a weird number. So what do they have something cooking? But And I want to also make this well-known. The Colts were good against the run going into that game. The Colts were top five. They did not have Leonard. They didn't have Quiddy Pay. I actually they asked, haven't had Leonard for a while. Yeah, right? they haven't. I, I actually asked uh, a media member up there. I was like, is Quiddy Pay this good against the run? Like, are they missing no. him? And no. for whatever reason, the Jags gashed him. I don't know if that means their offensive line is clicking and playing well or, or whatever, but you have to at least test that out against a Giants team that's given up 5.6. And I don't, I don't think they're going to go run for 243. I think the Giants know they've got an issue there and they've got to address that too. But – you have to at least try that out. And, and I think that's what's fascinating in this game is you have Doug Peterson who likes to be aggressive. He wants to continue to develop the quarterback. He has faith in Trevor Lawrence too. But the numbers say go run the ball, Doug, this week. Then you got the other side. The Jags could not stop a crossing pattern, a crossing route, a whatever. They still would be trying to stop it here on Thursday if the Colts were still running it. Yet you know this, Jordan, that Brian Dable doesn't want Daniel Jones dropping back and throwing more than he has to. No. He wouldn't he wants to give it to Saquon Barkley. So it's this weird test of wills versus what will work and what you do uh and how will that play itself out on Sunday I think is kind of a fascinating storyline here. Yeah, it is. Does Dayball come out and try to throw the ball as a as a tendency breaker early on in the game and then start feeding the beast in Saquon Barkley? Um, does Doug, like he did last week, just come out and say, we're going to run the ball. you got to stop us before we start trying to really air it out and, and see how it plays out. I do think uh, if you're going to throw the ball against the Giants right now, what's working is middle of the field, short stuff, kind of what the Jaguars have been having to take lately. It's a different type of ball game. The reason middle of the field and short stuff is working against them is because they're blitzing so often against the pass. And so you just throw it right behind the blitz and, and you have an opportunity to be successful, but you got to get the ball out quickly. you gotta got to be ready for the blitz. And uh, I think the Jaguars will be able to do that. I think this is going to be a competitive football game on both sides. We'll see. You know, we talk- the Jaguars finally win a fourth quarter game. <laughs> we may find out this week. We talk a lot about Doug Peterson, what a great coach he is, and how the players respect him and love him. The organization loves him. But looking at the other sideline of Brian Dable, who's getting a lot of love this year for the work he's doing in New York. If the season ended today, do you think he wins coach of the year or do you think they give it to Sirianni? Because I think he's earned it more so far with the team oh, he's I, got. Dayball, 100%. Now, you're talking about a team that won four games last year and did nearly nothing in the offseason to upgrade. I mean, almost nothing. No big names whatsoever. Even no, in right. fact, they downgraded their roster. That's right. They, they got tried rid of Brad to get rid Berry of big contracts. Evan Ingram, Bradbury, Jabril Peppers, a bunch of those guys. Yeah. So you draft Kayvon Thibodeau, who Casey loved and wanted to see here. And then you draft um, the offensive line, Evan, uh, Evan Neal, who started out a little rocky, but by all uh, measures is starting to really come around. But it doesn't make the team 5-1. and one. I think the job he's doing there, making these guys believe, has been insane. The question is, can it continue into this Sunday. Brent, clearly, you don't think it can. 
I don't. I, I just think these things even out over times. And and I do think there are some exceptions to it. But, again, the Jags are not a 2-4 and four team based on what they've been able to do within the game, right? Uh, the, the Giants, quite frankly, aren't a 5-1 and one team. But it's worked out for them. I think somewhere along the line in a 17-game season, that kind of shakes itself a little bit cleaner to, to not make us as puzzled. I think that's why Vegas has the Jags as a favorite. I think... Envisioning this Giants team, the way they are built, the way they have played at six and one, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Like the Vikings, I'm not sure if they're very good. Um, they're they're kind of up and down, but they're better. Like you can get behind a lot of the things the Vikings have more than the Giants. The Eagles make sense at six and zero. Oh. They've earned every bit of that. The Bills, they've earned their record. They are. They might even you might even feel like they're better than their record uh, in that case. But. Not the Giants. I mean, again, tw- we're talking 21 points combined in their five wins, guys. I mean, that does not make much sense. But I will say this, Jordan. I'm the president of the Sunshine and Rainbows Club here in town. And if they lose this game and you go on a four-game losing streak and all the stuff that you can pull out and be like, hey, this is going better. This is better. This is better. And Aaron I just Aaron just sparked me here because he just said, hey, Doug Peterson's a great coach, doing a great coaching job. I believe he is. But if they lose four in a row and they're two and five, can we say that next Monday? I mean, what are we pulling at if the Jags lose to the Giants and are two and five on a four-game losing streak, have lost two in a row, lost to Houston, lost to Indianapolis, and lost to Giants in a stretch where we thought there was a possibility they go three and zero. Oh. So I'm a little bit afraid of Sunday night if it doesn't go the Jags' way, Jordan. Yeah, I think that's completely fair. Um, Doug Peterson is doing a good coaching job for the most part. I think he's got the full player buy-in. I think he's got these guys optimistic. I think they're ready to play. And we can talk about losing games and that being on coaching, but I think that these players have been in position to succeed in every single game and in every single fourth quarter, and they have been making boneheaded mistakes. That's the bottom line. Um, at, at some point, they, they've got to quit doing it. They've got to quit beating themselves. And so unless Doug just has some sort of horrific game from a game management standpoint or something like that, I won't be pointing the finger at him, I, I don't think. So far, it's been execution. It's been the players not making the plays or, or making poor plays. Uh, so I, I wouldn't expect that to change if the Jaguars do lose. But, yeah, four straight is tough to swallow, but so is three. So uh, <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, I'll, t- I'll give you one more reason why, too. Right, Daniel Jones is an embattled quarterback. I don't, I don't put a lot of stock in the quarterback matchups. But Trevor, who has had three good games this year, had a big moment last week. He's lost to Davis Mills a couple of times, lost to Zach Wilson last year. Whoa, whoa, you know, easy. He lost to Carson Wentz, who many people are like, why does that guy still play in? You know yes, what I mean? Are. Like, he lost to 500-year-old Matt Ryan, whose arm <laughs> fell off after the game. Like, I, I don't know. You know, I just feel like sooner or later, Trevor's going to have to beat these guys. Like, he's... And it's not all on him. It certainly is not. Last week he delivered. Uh, but, you know, it's hard to, when you lose too many of those, you don't want to have the resume stacked up against you. Sure. You know, in these conversations. And right now I think it is a very fit. It's been a 50-50 year, Jordan, for Trevor. Three good, three not so good. Uh, out of those three, really one terrible in Philadelphia. 
But you want to be ahead of that for Trevor, too. You want to continue to stack some of these. And that was a huge moment for him last week. And I'm interested to see if he can keep the momentum for the offensive side of things and maybe get it rolling even more and really look good Sunday at the bank. Uh, and maybe the other guy won't look as good, and the Jags' defense will make him pay. Yeah, I'll tell you what. The Giants have been running mostly man. That's what they do. Don Wink, Martindale, you know, spent a lot of years in Baltimore, loves to blitz, loves to run, run man coverage. They are running some cover three, some quarters, some other things, but not a ton of cover two, and that's the primary coverage that Trevor's really struggled with this year. So I think you've got a good shot of having a good one uh, in week seven at home. All right, what you got coming up on GenJag.com, uh, Generation Jaguar, as well on the uh, YouTube channel. What, uh, what are you spitting out this week? Yeah, we just had the game preview that dropped earlier. I also dropped my top five players of the Jaguars 2022 season so far. So I'll have key matchups, uh, bold predictions, and keys to victory coming up the rest of the week. And just hoping that they can end this streak and you know give the fans something to be excited about. All right, when do you do the top five broadcasters or something like that? Maybe we'll, we'll tune top out Top five broadcasters? <laughs> we're at the top of the list. I'm not going to listen to any of your stuff, but if you ever talk about us, maybe. Maybe I'll come on through. <laughs> uh, don't say me. you got to say put Clay Harbor number one, right? I mean, that's right. uh, he's part of the, yeah. Yeah. the podcast. <laughs> hey, uh, Jordan no DeLugo, good catching up. Thanks for sliding to the 5 o'clock hour today. We'll be back at it again next week. We'll see you Sunday at the bank. Thanks for having me. Have a good one, y'all. All right, Enjoy. that's Jordan DeLugo, GenJag.com. GenJag on the YouTube channel as well. Does good stuff uh, with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And good to get his voice on the air here on Brent and Friends on ESPN 690. We're going gambling after this, huh? Ducky Betts up next. Love me some duck. What kicker prop are you taking? He's got all kinds of props. I think the Cardinals have to win today. I want to go Cardinals so bad in the survivor pool. Couldn't pull the trigger. Can't do it, but they're going to win today. You don't trust the D-Hop's back. Yeah, D-Hop's back. That's true. That'll be a big lift uh, for them. We will be back with Ducky Betts, Brent and Friends on ESPN 690. Don't forget Travis Etienne, Josh Allen tonight. Jaguars All Access, String Sports Brewery. I'm headed there next. Brent and Friends back. ESPN 690. Also live on YouTube, live on Facebook, live on Twitter. I believe we're back on Twitch, Case, live on Twitch. We never left Twitch. Never left Twitch. Live on Twitch. Everywhere. Radio, online, on air, bring it. My name is Eric Schachter. Behind the glass, the voice you just heard, the Red Menace himself, one Casey Kurtz. Brent has left the building. Thank God. Now the fun can start. Dad is gone. What will we do? How about bring the mallard of money-making in? One, Mr. Ducky Betts. Good afternoon, Duck. What's up, guys? How you doing? For those who don't know, Ducky likes to join us every Thursday to talk a little bit of betting, kicker prop bets, and other betting things, assorted betting subjects and topics. Ducky made his uh, bones with these kicker props. He's got a big uh, forecasting model that he works off of an Excel sheet, Duck. It's so funny to me when people go, oh, how do you do this? It sounds so complicated. And you're like, I just use Excel. It's like, really? Yeah, man. Look. <laughs> <laughs> like I was doing, I was doing math. Frame, you know. I was going to say, I was doing math homework no, on that thing in like seventh grade. You're using it for like betting forecasting models. But uh, if it works, it works, right? What are you going to do? If you try hard enough, anything can work, man. <laughs> uh, I'd like to believe that. 
although uh, I'm not there yet. So tell me about how you did last week because you came on here, you, you gave us some tips, and then you go back to the duck pond and you share some more info with your folks. Any big wins from last week you want to brag about? Um, well, look, I, I'm just very, very happy that every time I go on, on, on your guys' show, it seems like I just sweep every time I come on here, man. <laughs> so I, I'm loving that. I, I, I might as well just only bet on the stuff that I say on this show. because right, That's what we do. I think we're six for six now, right? Because Casey, Casey's bankroll is looking nice, I think. Casey's got to be hitting you up when he makes these bets and giving you proof of performance <laughs> or something. Yeah, so you making money off a of duck? Not too bad. The kickers are the kickers are making the kicks, duck. I appreciate the insight. We'll take some more notes as we go along with it. But uh, <laughs> if I check my calendar, it's Thursday. Thursday night football, duck. I saw there was no free uh, free advice on the Twitter just yet. Oh, what are no. you What are you locking in for on Thursday night football, man? You know what the problem is that sometimes when I'll, I'll post something on my uh, on my Patreon and then the line will move so much that I just can't post it on Twitter because then people will freak out on me. They'll start sending me messages like. Where the heck did you get this line? Yeah. And, and like think I'm lying, but I'm really not lying. I really just posted it this morning at like six AM. Um and the lines so moved that much since my, then. Sometimes, man. Look, I, I just saw a tweet right now that, you know, the play I'm on right now is Jawan Johnson over twenty five and a half receiving yards. And I have a whole reason for it. But uh I, I saw that there's a hundred percent of people on the over on bet MGM. And I think that that's just the knee, cause that's where I tell people to take it. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, they're going to move that line. Aren't that, they? Yeah. Who's out there uh, buying on um, Juwan Johnson over receiving <laughs> yards, honestly, but uh, it's gotta be a yeah, little bit uh, of a trip for you, is. doc. It's gotta be a little bit of a trip when you, when you, when you tweet these out or you put them on your Patreon and then you actually see the action taking place. It's gotta make you feel a little bit influential. Uh, it's, it's pretty cool, honestly. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I think it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, I like it. What are you going to do one day if some big, beefy Vegas bodyguard shows up at your door and is like, hey, Mr. Bellagio would like to meet with you in the limo? Oh, look, man. I, I don't have a door. I live at the Buck Pond, so I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you hear him coming a mile away, tromping through the mud. So if you're not going to do the, uh, your, your wide receiver prop, do you have something you're going to put out there for the people? Maybe you could break some news on the show? Um, yeah, I mean, well, I, I could just, I, I don't mind putting this out because I, I would take this actually up to 30 and a half receiving yards over uh, the Jawan Johnson. He's actually the tight end for her, for the Saints right now. And the uh, reason why I like him so much is because every time that Adam Troutman, their starting tight end, is out, uh, and he is out for tonight, Jawan Johnson, his target share spikes, his uh, receiving yards spike, and the Cardinals are actually the second worst team against the tight end in uh, the entire NFL. That's crazy. So Juwan Johnson has a really good matchup this week, and also he is third in targets, and this is including when he doesn't start. He's third in targets in the entire team behind Olave and Kamara. So I, I think it's, a, it's worth a shot on pure value alone. I also may have sprinkled a tiny little bit on him to score the first touchdown at plus 2,000, but that's, you know, just for fun. So. Just for fun. <laughs> no, I hear you. But here's the thing, yeah. like, to your point, there ain't nobody left on their team. Michael Thomas is out. Chris Olave, I'm not sure what the status yeah. is. But, like, there's nobody else to get the football, so he's got to. But, Duck, on the other side, uh, Hopkins is back for the Cardinals. See, oh. You looking at that one at all? I know it's his first game, so it might take some time to get acclimated. Also, Kyler Murray's bad. But, like, any advice on what to do with DeAndre Hopkins tonight? Um, um, I feel like the line is fair, to be honest. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's at 60, I think, or 61, like around there. I think it's a pretty fair line. I, I, I'm a little, I'm a little hesitant to play anything on him right now because we don't know what his snap share is going to be and how many snaps he's actually going to be playing. 
I'm going to assume he's going to play at least 80% of snaps. But uh, I, I would avoid him for now. I, I'm just kind of avoiding the spread, too. I was thinking originally of teasing up the Saints, but uh, I'm not crazy about it. So I'm just going to play off. Yeah, last week, Doc, I saw a gigantic spread I meant to ask you about in the NFL, and then we didn't get around to it. But it was that steelers Bucks game. I think the Steelers were 14-point mm. underdogs for the first time in something like 40 or 50 years. And, of course, as the NFL tends to do, the Steelers ended up winning by two. So do you tend to, <laughs> of course. Do you tend to stay away from those big NFL lines, or do you sometimes indulge, even if it's a big number? It, it really does depend. So, to me, I... I try to find, because you know how Vegas is very sharp. They're so damn sharp, and it's very, very hard to figure them out most of the time. So I just try to find, like, these little exploits that teams can take that will give you some sort of an edge over, I guess, the book, even though it's very hard to find an edge over the books. But uh, in that regard, I'm very conservative, like I've told you guys before. I told you guys last week I'm a very conservative better. I usually try to stick anywhere, like, no more than, like, five to, like, six plays on a given night. That's what I try to do. Football Sundays is different because it's once a week, but, uh, yeah, with that regard, like, Steelers, I laid off 100%. Not that I didn't believe in them or anything, and it, it was a, it, they were a home dog and everything, but I don't know. It's just, it's just one of those, te- one of those uh, spots that it felt like a, a Brady revenge spot, and it just never happened. So yeah. I kind of just stayed away from that one. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's fair, Doug. Let me ask you this. You just said it. The NFL is confusing. Vegas is so sharp. So explain this one to me. Why are the Jags favored against the uh, Giants, even though the Giants have a much better record? <laughs> the game is in Jacksonville, but, Doug, we've been trying to figure this out all week. What's going on there, and what are you doing with it? I, uh, that's another one I'm laying off. Uh, honestly, when I first saw it, it, it felt weird to me, and it almost felt like an auto bet on the Giants at first. And – that's what gave me pause because I was like, yeah, it's an auto bet on the Giants, right? But then the line moved from two and a half to three in favor of the Jags. So then that's what made me like, oh, okay. So then the, the money's on the Giants and it's moving towards Jags. I mean, Jags might be the right side there, but I don't know. It just doesn't feel right, you know? And I guess Jags at home, it makes sense. The field goal game, I feel like the, the line is, is correct there. And I, I, I wouldn't want to tinker too much with it. Instead, you know, it's Devin Lloyd, uh, our boy, the mid-linebacker there, future defensive rookie of the year maybe. There you go. If, he, if, his, line, if his line is set at around five and a half, six and a half tackles plus assists, that's something I would be interested in possibly taking. You got a couple of other interesting lines this week. I'd be curious to hear some of your uh, feedback on it. Last week, we watched the Packers just get embarrassed by the New York Jets. Mm-hmm. Now they walk into this week's game against the Commanders in Washington. <laughs> Up five and a half or uh, plus five and a half to the Packers, or I should say minus five and a half to the Packers. They're the favorites. Like, do you really believe in Aaron Rodgers at this point still? Hey, man, are you on my Patreon, bro? <laughs> <laughs> because uh, we we already hit the commies for plus five and a half uh, yesterday, actually. So, That's right. uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're all in on the commies here. And the best part, that the, the thing that I love is that. There's so many people willing to just go on their bed slip and hit Commanders plus five and a half and not even think twice about it. I love it. But, yeah, no, honestly, the same reasons why I was on the Jets last week, I'm also going to be on the Commanders this week. Um, their, their pass rush is a four-man pass rush, the same way that the Jets were. You saw how much Quentin Williams just dominated. Super disruptive. That offensive line, that interior. Yeah. I, in my opinion, and this is coming from a Jets fan and a person who watches every single Jets game, I think Jonathan Allen is better than Quinnen Williams. Wow. So if Quinnen Williams did that, what do you think Jonathan Allen is about to do? 
through uh, that interior offensive line. And, um, yeah, and I, I personally think Taylor Heineke is a small, small, small step above Carson Wentz here. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to be on the commanders this weekend, and I'm not even going to think twice about it. I, I think this should be a field goal game, and they're giving us about two and a half points of value there. So I, I'm taking that every time. You know, last, home dog. last week Tampa had the biggest line against the Steelers at uh, plus 14. I mean, minus 14, sorry. Now they have the biggest line this week, this time against the Panthers, the pathetic Panthers. Buccaneers, minus 10. Do you believe in Brady this week, or are they going to are they gonna crap the bed once again? Yeah, you can't pay me to take either side. <laughs> <laughs> Not even with that's Sam that's Darnold that's starting? I heard Sam Darnold's back in the building. Dude, I can't, man. I can't. No, not that. Not this one. I, I would say value is probably on the Panthers here, just because the line is so big, mm-hmm. and because you know who, who that who the hell are the Bucks to be getting this line? If we're being honest, um, especially this year, but I, I just feel like it's coming. Like it's 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 loading up there in Tampa, and I feel like eventually they're going to have their blow up game where they blow a team up by thirty, and it, it could be this week. I don't know. I'm just not. That's one of those lines I'm just going to stay away from. Doc, let's get back to the kickers. Justin Tucker, is he still number one on your list, or what do we got going this week? Justin Tucker, don't you? <laughs> oh, man. I don't know if we could triple up on, J- on JT, man, but I- I'm not against him this week. He's actually third on my list, though, this time around. And I think part of that is because uh, the Cleveland Browns kind of stink on defense now. So, uh, yeah, that's part of it. I-, I think that if they get into the red zone, they – they might get a little tiny bit more of a scoring opportunity than if they were facing a different team. So that's why I don't have JT number one this week. Uh, my number one actually is Dylan Carlson from the Raiders. Okay. Uh, yeah, Houston Texans are the number four defense in the red zone right now in the NFL. And, uh, you know, the Texans are feisty. Yeah, AFC South, you know, how they, you know how they get, man. They're a little feisty down there. So, uh yeah, so I have Dylan Carlson as number one. I have him projected, actually, for two field goals. And he's uh, perfect on the year, 15 for 15, 4 for 4 from 50-plus yards. So they trust him from 50-plus. Uh, I think they'll be able to move the ball. And red zone, they're pretty inefficient, the, the Raiders are. So uh, I could see them getting a couple, you know, couple kicks from uh, Dylan Carlson. I wish we could ladder field goals. I don't know if you guys know what laddering is, but I wish we could do that. That would be awesome. That would be an interesting thing. Doug, let me ask you this as we move away from football a little bit. We got people in the chat asking, but I was also wondering, the NBA's back. I see you're hot on that as well. What's going on with the NBA just tonight? Uh, tonight, uh, so I am on the son, the spiritual son of Ray Allen, Grayson Allen, over points. Jacksonville's <laughs> <laughs> It was 9.5 this morning. Yeah. I put a beautiful picture of him on my uh, on my page. I saw that. <laughs> you guys saw it, but it's a great picture. Uh, yes, yeah, so I'm on, on the spiritual son of Grayson Allen. Because uh, every time that Chris Middleton is out, you just have to hit Grayson Allen's over on points. It's just like a thing that we did last year a bunch of times, and uh, it hit at a very very high rate for us. So we're just gonna keep it. We're gonna keep it rolling this year, man. Why not? I like it. I like it. It works, Duck. Let me ask you this one before we let you go. And. Feel free to be like, I'm not betting on the MLS, bro. That's cool. Listen, I did pretty well with the MLS in the playoffs. Do you, you dabble in that at all? Are you a soccer guy at all or no? I do not mess with soccer, dude. I, I think every single bet I've ever made on soccer I've lost, so I just don't bet it anymore. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, like eSports. I see people bet on, on, on CSGO. Uh-uh, not for me, man. I got you. All good. All good, Duck. You know, you'll get there. Yeah, yeah. You'll figure it out. All, There'll be a spreadsheet or something at some I'm, point. I'm all, for tailing. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm all for tailing other people in soccer, but I just can't. I can't, dude. I'll watch it. 
FC Cincinnati. Yeah. Trust me. Trust the process. As always, FC Duck, we, uh, we respect you and the work you do with your Excel sheet. We appreciate you coming on. If you want to find out more from uh, Ducky Betts, if you want to find out how to win some cash, go visit him on Twitter at Ducky underscore Betts or search Patreon, which is really what he'd rather you do because he's trying to get paid on this stuff. Ducky and the Duck Pond on Patreon giving you the locks every single week. Ducky, we appreciate it. We'll speak to you next Thursday. Ducks fly together. That's right, man. Quack, quack. <laughs> quack, quack. <laughs> See you, Duck. And with that, we'll take a small break. We'll come back, and I'll tell you the most ridiculous story to come out of the day. Breaking news from Ian Rappaport. We will get to it on the other side of the break. I'm so mad. I could spit. Spit. Unbelievable. Trying to ruin my day, Casey. Oh. We'll be back on Brent and Friends after this. E-N-P-E-N. E-N or E-S. ESPN 690. Brent and Friends back on ESPN 690. I'm Aaron Schachter with me, Casey Kurtz couple of minutes left before we scoot, or I should say before I go. Casey, you still got another uh, 12 months to do on your sentence. There we go. <laughs> so what well, are you mad about, my friend? Well, over time, I'm mad over this report I'm seeing from Ian Rappaport. This actually started a little earlier today. If I could just rewind the Wayback Machine for a second. You guys know I like to, uh, I'm a glutton for punishment. My Jets fandom. Turns out Elijah Moore was uh, tweeting about his unhappiness. I think in response to a Rich Samini tweet yesterday or the day before, something like that. Robert Sala then makes comments. He speaks publicly. He says, I've spoken to Moore. We're handling it. Then practice today. Moore is nowhere to be found. Apparently, he got the day off, and it was more of a, what they're calling a football-related issue, a personal day than an injury. Never a good sign. Then Ian Rappaport with this tweet. Sources say Jets Elijah Moore, frustrated with his role in usage, has asked for a trade. Team has no plans at all to trade him. Former second rounder was targeted one time in the win over the Packers, but the na, play was negated na, na. by a penalty. Na, 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 na. Casey, six games in. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Goodbye. I mean, maybe, but deserved to, to, to get him kicked in. Now, they're not going to trade him. They don't have to. Why should they? And he's a talented guy. If they can use him to win, then fine. But who does that? Six games in, a team that the world thought was going to win two to five games this year. Yeah. You're four and two. Mm-hmm. What are they, tied for first in the AFC East? What's the Bills record? I think they're four and two, right? Mm-hmm. Tied for first. Tied for first. Elijah Moore's like, meh. Meh, want the ball. Meh. Forget four and two. Forget about the fact that you're, you're just crushing everybody's expectations as a team. Like, literally, your team that was the laughing stock for how many? It's 11 years since the last playoff berth. Let me ask you this. What? Is Elijah Moore going to get paid more because the Jets are 4-2, or is he going to get paid more because he catches seven passes for 83 yards and a touchdown? Man, if Brent was here, he'd be cursing you out so bad right now. Holy smokes. Well, that's good because Brent's not here. Using my logic against me. Yes, I understand. The man's trying to make money. Fine. But it's a team sport. You want to make money by yourself? Go play diving. Go, go play, play golf. Diving. Go go join Liv. First off, 
talking about the team, right? The team did Elijah Moore dirty. The team drafted a wide receiver. Whether it was to take a spot or not, they drafted a guy in the first round, highly in the first round. So Elijah Moore's looking at that like, wait a minute, hold up. What are you doing? The disrespect? And listen, we saw that game that Garrett Wilson had early in the season with Joe Flacco. Okay, so we know who the number one target was. Elijah Moore feeling the disrespect. I did this for the crappy Jets, huh? I was here when the Jets sucked, and you're going to do this to me? You're going to do this to me? Zach Wilson comes back. He said, that's my guy. Ten targets, I'm ready. And you don't even throw him the football, Zach Wilson? Well, I'm not even hiding my mom, and you can't talk to her. Get out of New York. Trade him to a team that cares about him. Unbelievable. I feel like you threw in a couple of crappy Jets comments there for fun. Really wasn't necessary. I just started going. I was like, all right, this is all right. All I'm saying is at the end of last year, if you look at that team, similar to the situation what you had going on in Jacksonville. Maybe you liked a piece or two in that wide receiver room, but you didn't have the complete puzzle. Same was going on in New York. You had Corey Davis. You were paying as a number one at the time what number ones were getting paid. Now it's a little more, a little higher tax bracket. But back then, they signed him as a number one receiver. And he was like a number five receiver. Moore looked okay in flashes. He looked good in flashes. Has never, ever, ever put a whole game together. And so you're looking at Zach Wilson going, we're in year two. We have no idea what we got. We have no pieces around him. So they went out and they got him one. Garrett Wilson's good. But it's not like they're throwing a Garrett Wilson ten times a game. They're not. They're a running team. Just like we want the Jaguars a lot to be a running team. Like, sure, you want to see Trevor go 30 of 30 with seven touchdowns, but... If Robinson's running for 100 and ETN's running for 100 or some conglomeration of the two, you're happy. Christian Kirk's going to be like, I want to trade. No. No. Boy, if I'm the Chiefs, dialing it up. They should make Elijah Moore. They should make Elijah Moore into a punter. A a ball holder for the place kicker. What's that guy called? The backup quarterback holds the ball? The holder. The holder. Make him the holder. Elijah Moore. It's the only targets he's getting, so he might as well. Yeah, well, hopefully it stays that way. You think Milf Hunter is going to throw him the ball now? No. He's not even going to be on the field. He doesn't show up to practice. <laughs> yeah, he's not even at practice. You can't throw to him if he's not going to be at practice. What a disaster going down in New York for the Jets. Yeah. It's all over. The want, season's dead. I believe that, by the way. You want to talk about a disaster, make sure you're watching Thursday Night Football. That's going to be an ugly game. Yeah, the Saints and the Cardinals. The Cardinals are not a good football team. The Saints might be a little bit worse. The uh, Amazon Prime curse continues. Continues. Okay. Unfortunately for them, man, they're doing a good job. It's just bad games. It's just not good football games. So I guess you can watch that or you can listen right here on ESPN 690. If you don't want to have to watch it, listen to it in your car. That's true. ESPN 690, we have it Thursday, Sunday, and Monday night football. Aaron? Have a good day. Have uh, a good rest I of your day. I will not be able to. Are you going to show up to work tomorrow? Probably not. All right. Well, we'll figure that out tomorrow. It's a tease. You'll have to find out tomorrow at 3. For Brett, for Brent Martineau, for Aaron Schachter, I'm Casey Kurtz. Have a good night, everybody. If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com.